what ends up happening is that he gets oops that's Dwight Yoakam for you that's that's Dwight Yoakam there you go <clears throat> A bit, bit of a treat for you listeners, and we played Love less it. than 20 seconds, so we don't need to you pay anyone. Can't touch us legally. C A G E F I G A T! Oh my god! Oh my god! This is Cage Fight! Good morning, hello, or good afternoon. No, I think these are released at 11am. Good morning, everyone. Right, my name is Gregory Aikman. Welcome. How are you? Me? I am fine. I am here with uh, the only real person you want to listen to about Cage films, other than m- myself, but the main one you want to listen to about Cage films. Who's who's with me? I'm me. It's Thomas. I should have said Nicholas Cage, huh? Wouldn't oh. that have been crazy? That would have been good. Everyone will love that. Imagine if we did, like, one of these episodes, we will be bringing on Nicolas Cage, and the listeners will lose their collective shits. But we are here. It is Cage Fight O'Clock. It is, oh, it's cold outside, isn't it? Because by now... It's a bit chilly. It's the end of November when people are listening to this. Because I've, I've worked out where the schedules are. So it's the end of November, and you're listening to it, and you're going like, oh, I wish I wish I had some sort of magic and, and heat in my life. And so, well, I tell you what, sweet child, we have got all of that bullshit for you. Because what on earth do we do on Cage Fight, Tom? Well, you see, on Cage Fights, we take two films, usually starred by Nick Cage, and we watch both the films, and we compare the films against each other, mm-hmm. and uh, one goes on to be the winner down the long track, the long history road of cage fights. And sooner or later, there will be one Nicolas Cage film standing at the end of that road. Exactly. And you know what? I think we might be the only people who do this. Now, I'm being serious, because there's a load of other podcasts about Nick Cage, but they are all subtly different and not committed to this idea that we are. Because people Mm. go like, hey, we watched a few Nick Cage films and we talk about it. We think this is great. We'll put it on here on the scale of 200 or something. Whereas we're whittling them down one by one. You will listen to about 100 episodes of us going through every Cage film and choosing between two of them each, each time. But then you'll go like, well, what on earth are they going to do? They're not going to watch... They're watching the films again? That's right, we'll have a second round. And then a third and a fourth. And however many rounds you need, I don't understand reverse exponential mathematics. But we'll have however many rounds we need till there is one. One Nick Cage film to rule them all. Which would be great if it could be Lord of the Rings, but he didn't even have a cameo in that. That we know of. Uh, yeah that's true yeah he's one of these sneaky actors isn't he who occasionally turns Mm. up uncredited i bet he was one of the goblins and they just like altered his voice like very strongly do you know what that's actually a good point what oh oh actually he could have been one of the nazgul like you never see who those are it's they're all cage it's like the clone Mm. wars but with cage and high fantasy the cage wars 
The Cage Wars. Uh, yet another good name for this podcast. Why didn't we call this Cage Wars? Because, <laughs> because we're, we're bad. I don't know. I don't think that's actually been taken. Cage Fight? Oh, yeah. Fucking uh, at least seven podcasts all called Cage Fight. But Cage Wars would have been great. And we could yeah. have had, like, the we could have got Lunchbox to do the art, which was essentially ripping off star wars because star wars is owned by mm. disney who are famously non-litigious no not at all they uh they love it when you take their properties and use them for instance i'm going to i'm just gonna sing the darth vader's anthem now and nothing will happen to us okay but i don't even that's the uh, yeah I that's the getting married song that's uh, not how it goes i, I, I think amazingly <laughs> nothing will happen to us because they'll the, the lawyer's ears will have pricked up and they go, that is in no way stealing our intellectual property. That is nothing yeah, like... it's not even close. The uh, I'm Piarial Mooch, <laughs> or whatever it's called. But speaking of Disney and also Star Wars, yeah. The Sorcerer's Apprentice, you watched that, right? I watched it! I watched Sorcerer's Apprentice! Let's do this shit! This was from 2010, okay? Bear in mind... That this is Nick Cage in 2010 doing a children's film, live action Disney. All mm. signs point to bullshit. But mm. it's surprisingly all right. It has got a very reasonable, like, 57% score, or like, positive score on Rotten Tomatoes. Everyone thinks, well, that's middle of the road, isn't it? But it's made better when you find out that this film was Nicolas Cage's idea. What? <laughs> yeah. Because he really... Wait. It, yeah. What? Um, this is... Uh, well, I, I won't go as far as to say this is true, but this is definitely on the Wikipedia and mentioned in a few interviews about the film. You know the film Fantasia, which is famous for being a Disney classic with some very, sure. very uncomfortable racism in it? But they take the yeah, racism out now. So that's, you, know. you know the one scene in Fantasia called The Sorcerer's Apprentice where the guys go... Da, 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 and make yeah. all the mops dance? That mm -hmm. scene is what the entire film is based on. Cage saw that and said, I want to do a film that's like that... But uh, I want to be in it, and I want to be magical, wow. and I want it to be silly and really fun, and all of this. And, and it goes so far as to, there is a live-action scene in it, which is yep. the mops dancing. And the guy, the Sorcerer's Apprentice, like, making them clean up a dirty little cellar. That is shocking. I really thought this might have been based on some book, or a like an old movie or something like no. that but you're you're telling me this was just like nicholas cage was like hey disney mm -hmm. uh, you know that one little thing that happened i'd like to make a movie out of yeah that. and why not like whatever you think about um parts of the caribbean based on a ride and that but mm -hmm. yeah, they absolutely. stretched like about 50 hours of movie out of that which is 50 hours of meh movie but not dreadful which you'd expect from be it basing it on a ride <laughs> And, True. like, Star Wars, based on creating toys and then selling them, but they get a great, exciting lore and franchise about it. So basing this on one scene of a cartoon from, like, the 30s or whenever Fantasia was, I just go, let's expand this, but, let, like, there's no reason why it shouldn't be based on it. Like, Fast and Furious, that franchise is really, really silly and fun, and it's based on the concept of product placement. Like, you can take mm. a silly little thing and stretch it. So here's a quick capsule rundown of what happens in the Sorcerer's Apprentice, right? We open in the past. Merlin has three protectors all trying to protect him from evil Morgana, who wants to end Merlin and end the entire world. Cage is one of those three protectors, and his girlfriend, another one of the 
three protectors gets got by Morgana so Cage like magics her and all of the evil and baddies into a Russian doll I forget the proper name for Russian dolls so if Russian doll is offensive I apologize for using that term but you know the stacking dolls the um I forget the name of them but Russian dolls so that's it we open with this high fantasy in the past wizards fighting each other and whoosh and whoosh and lots of CGI and really silly and surprisingly good CGI and that happens and you get this lovely set of stacking dolls which have got a series of the baddies they were fighting and their faces on it and that's where their souls live then we jump a thousand years into the future to modern-ish day and there's a child on a school trip trying to flirt with a girl who is also a child like similar ages probably identical ages he flirts with her by writing her a note saying hey do you want to be my a friend or b girlfriend she writes the answer it gets back to him but he loses it he chases this post-it note with the answer across new york city finds its way towards nick cage's magic shop which he has kind of like dan Aykroyd had in ghostbusters 2 he goes inside there meets dan Ac- not dan Aykroyd, meets nicholas cage they have a chat show some magic do some sparring cage is like eh, it's you i've given you a ring and the ring turns into a dragon and it's all kinds of magical and silly and then one of the russian dolls breaks so one of the baddies comes out and there's a fight and there's exploding and then it looks like Nick, the little boy's pissed himself and all kinds of stuff and then his class come over and go oh my god we found you oh no 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 there's magic it's terrifying it's terrifying what nothing's there then we skip forward again 10 years and find out that the little boy is now grown up and he's no longer a little boy he's a man and it's him from off of seth rogan films what's he called you know the really thin one from the seth rogan films he goes like you know that one yes it's him he's the kid but and he's like a physics major geek person who's like i like science and tesla coils but he's thought that that was all in his head and he went through therapy for over the last 10 years but then he meets up with cage again and cage is like you're the sorcerer's apprentice that ring you're wearing that was Merlin's ring. So now you've got to help me fight Morgana. And then he goes, oh no, but I'm rubbish. And then they work out that he is actually good. They fight Morgana, save the world. And then him from Seth Rogen gets to kiss the girl that he loved when he was 10. But she has also grown up to be the same age as him. And they do a smooch. That's that's the end of it. Oh, and you think Nick Cage dies, mm-hmm. but then he doesn't really die. And it sets it up nicely for a sequel that didn't happen. There you go. That's basically the film. Yeah, that is really what happened. And also, now I wish Dan Aykroyd was in it somehow. Wouldn't that be amazing? Why is Dan Aykroyd not Merlin? Could you imagine how weird that would be? It, It would be great. You can tell... Right. The good thing about Disney films is because they own a lot of the major franchises, they don't need to worry about getting the rights to um, major franchises so they can do yeah. tons of little references to Star Wars or Marvel films yeah. or or any of the Disney like Magic the Gathering did you D- see that? D- Disney own Magic the Gathering? They don't but in the, <laughs> what, what a bizarre thing in, to say <laughs> yeah they don't own Magic but in the um, like the fake magicians like big palace house in New York mm-hmm he had a cardboard cutout of himself, and on it said Magic the Gathering in the official Magic the Gathering font. Wow. So do you think... Ah, all right. Here's a question. Product placement. All right. I was going to say, like... Because, <laughs> you know, sometimes you have to pay money to reference something, whereas other times <laughs> people pay you to have their thing referenced in your movie. Like, uh. where's the line? 
like product placement versus mm. just referencing and using someone's intellectual property where yeah where is it just who asks who first is that the only difference between it so here here's my here's what i'm going to put forth mm. this is like this came out in 2010 that means like pr- production started probably in like 27 yeah uh sorry 20 <laughs> Oh my god, I can't get... 2007, 2007. 2008? Yeah, yeah. Wow, this decade's fucked me up. (laughs) Um, And so, at this time, I'm not even sure if it was public information uh, that they had purchased, like, uh, like LucasArts and... Right, of course, yeah. Yeah, they... I think it it was just recently announced that they had bought Marvel at that time. Mm. I think that they were in the talks to buy... um, Wizards of the Coast, that which is the company sense. that runs Magic Gathering, but it probably fell through because Hasbro owns them now. So I think, mm. yeah, all the all the references and stuff that they make, it's like you're right. It, it, it's like stuff that they own or purchased or maybe it was about to buy. That's my theory. That makes a lot of sense because there's a lot of references to Star Wars. There's a lot of references to old Disney movies. Makes perfect sense. So having magic so I mean I missed it because I I don't play Magic the Gathering so it passes me by like any references to it or no matter how overt like even a magic card my brain's not tuned in to the logo I probably if you showed me three or four different logos that were subtly different I couldn't go that one's definitely the Magic the Gathering are you joking look at the serifs on that that's altar cock I probably couldn't um, uh, point that out to you oh that's that's interesting and because Hasbro now own Wizards of the Coast don't they yep because I had a meeting with Wizards of the Coast once <laughs> didn't oh that's wild di- didn't go well yeah the rules also with this movie are kind of like loosely applied to in uh in ways that like i don't don't know if you got the sense but the first part of the movie Mm. they really launch into this heavy explanation of the origin of this whole movie yes and like he really shoots through it like he can barely keep up with the scenes that are playing when he's reading the narration for this it just whips through it so quickly and the person but reading th- the narration, was that Ian yeah. McShane? It was Ian McShane, yeah, yes. Yeah, I thought so, because I was just kind of like, is that mm. Lovejoy in him from Off and of Dead? never appeared, he wasn't even Merlin. Like, you would think he yeah. would be Merlin, right? Why wouldn't you get Ian McShane to be Merlin, or get the actor he, playing Merlin to do the voiceover? Yeah. Exactly. He didn't appear anywhere else in the film. Yeah. That guy showed up and made, like like a half a million dollars yeah. for like 15 minutes of VO. And like, more power to him because his voice, yeah. his voice deserves it. Like, Oh, it's the perfect kind of narrator for this particular movie. Too. Yeah. And also what I enjoy, we've mentioned this over a few films and we'll keep on mentioning it because I really don't like the unnecessary third act conflict moment where everything's going smooth and they go, oh shit, we've got about a half hour left. We need to throw something in. And you know, it's just forced and it, the people get over it and with this it was mm. when um uh the the hero of the story the sorcerer's apprentice who i believe his name was dave he sort of like is magicking the mops to clean his cellar because a date's gonna mm. happen it fucks up and he doesn't want to let on his magic yet so he just goes like no we can't meet and she gets sad and it annoyed me yep. thinking like well they're just throwing this in because it's the standard trope of movies not specifically fantasy but all movies but thankfully they dealt with it in and i timed it 
in just under three minutes they mm. got rid of that because he immediately goes caesar explains everything and she goes ah oh, i thought something was was a bit off with you but you know i wasn't angry she literally was like oh you think i was gonna be upset because the one time yeah it was the most satisfying way of dealing with that it's like yeah you were a bit odd but i just assumed there's something going on if it's important you'll tell me if it's not important we'll just move on it doesn't matter it doesn't matter at all but uh that that i loved the thing which annoys me about this film is they do the thing which happens in again in a few films which just winds me up a little bit probably unnecessarily but they do the whole sort of like the average human uses 10 percent of their brain fuck you oh my god yes i fucking that was the explanation Mm -hmm. of of magic also the other there's two parts. It was the 10% brain thing, which is absolute bullshit. Yeah. I agree. I agree with you 100%. And then it was like, oh, yeah, magics is just physics, really. Like, yeah, yeah. That's that's why you're into physics, is because you're magic. I, I, I think that's quite fun. But that did mean that at the very end, so like, how are you going to defeat me when you're all alone? You go, but I'm not alone. I brought a little science with me. <laughs> Come on. That, that fell, yeah, that fell flat with me as well. And I I want to say something about that that the beginning of the narration. Yeah, it on. really felt like they tested the movie, and and people yeah. didn't quite understand what was happening, and then yes. they made that first part right because a lot of of what they introduced during the narration were supposed to be or what felt like be like reveals throughout the movie i think you're right it's kind of like you know um all the different versions of blade runner and with the voiceover or without the voiceover and the like the voiceover essentially is just exposition in case people aren't picking up on what's being put down it does feel like that i think you're spot on they had a test audience who were a little slow or maybe not even slow maybe just going well it's a popcorn movie i'm not but i'm not fucking thinking do you do my thinking for me just spoon feed me this because i'm not watching this for sort of intellectual inspiration i'm watching this to watch nick cage shoot magic out of his face that's what i want to see and if Mm -hmm. something could turn into a dragon oh thank you very much uh yeah that (laughs) so i get it and i enjoy the voiceover i think there should be yes more for every single film that's released there should be an alternate version on all the dvds or blu-rays or downloads or whatever Mm. which is having a voiceover just going like and uh susanna was very sad that this happened and her eyes started (laughs) welling up with tears she was sad because she thought that the man loved her but it turned out he didn't i mean he did but she thought he didn't so she was sad because of that okay we all up to speed if they added that sort of thing to every single film fucking brilliant yeah if they i agree i think we should have dumb titles yes for people who can't follow films or people who just don't want to because sometimes i if i'm watching despicable me or something <laughs> i uh-huh. i will get offended if they make me think at any point if there's a twist and they make it seem like you should have seen the twist coming it's like no i shouldn't i've been paying like about i've been using 10 percent of my brain to pay attention to this movie the other 90 percent of my brain is working hard on all other life things but that 10 percent is paying attention so i need you to spell it out for me because i don't care enough to think it through if i'm watching a movie i'm really really invested in 
or if I'm watching a film which I think is fun to try and guess along with, like uh, like Knives Out, which is great to guess along with, because who is the baddie? Ah, it's the only one without an Apple phone, because Apple refused to allow the baddies to have product play have their products in films. Mm. So, I mean, that's a really fun little thing. But with this film, I like it. I like the voiceover. I liked that it said, oh, by the way, you see all this fight? It's good, isn't it? Don't worry, we'll tell you what's going on. I wanted more of that. Yeah. I it it just like it was so clear in those moments where it's like, oh well, actually there's three of us and it's like, well, everybody knows that already. Yeah. Like, although it just it made those moments fall like a little flatter. Although to be fair, I'm still a little unsure of uh like the first set up to a thousand years later, when there's the big fight, I'm not entirely sure what happened i know there was a voiceover but i was just going like is that ian mcshane rather than paying attention to the words so mm. like when i go like oh merlin has three protectors and they're fighting against morgana i'm not sure if morgana was one of the three or not and i'm not sure why cage's girlfriend uh. at morgana or something and then he had yeah. to magic them both in because she was honestly i don't know that's the that's the other part of it is like the narration really like quickly paces through it so quickly that mm. it's honestly it, it was very easy to miss a lot of details yeah i mean that opening 10 minutes that's fodder for a prequel surely mm. you can have a whole yeah. you could probably have a whole trilogy of films based on those 10 minutes i mean you made a they made you you specifically tom you made a trilogy of yes. films about the hobbit which is just one short book with tons of shit poems in it I think what I, one of the many inconsistencies that I enjoyed in the film was Nick Cage says that sorcery isn't used for shortcuts and Thingy from off of uh, Seth Rogen films gets punished for trying to use sorcery as a shortcut. But then Cage uses magic to open an unlocked door. Mm. Which, surely yes. that's the epitome of a shortcut. Absolutely, yes. Mm. He also uses it to transform a car. Yeah, like... Seems like a shortcut to me. De- definitely. So, what is it, movie? Is it okay for shortcuts to be used? Which surely it is, because magic is. If we assume magic is real, it is just cheating, isn't it? That's all magic is. Yes, it, it really is just cheating physics. Yeah. Which again, I've not necessarily got any problem with that. However, if you're against cheating, you can't use magic at all. And if you use magic, you can't be against cheating. Mm-hmm. maybe you can add a sense of morality like your magic shouldn't affect anyone without their consent or some something like that you could add but yeah i think you could argue that what he was saying like he was cheating on his training yeah not really like cheating cleaning up like mm-hmm. actually using the magic um he cheated like by kind of reading ahead or yeah or overdoing or etc but isn't that maybe he meant something like that isn't that just like isn't training you like you go through training at a certain pace but it's it's nice occasionally to push it too far so you get a strong understanding of what you do Mm. and don't know if you're um learning an instrument it's good to sort of go through your scales and that but occasionally to go fuck it, I can read a bit of music and I know a few scales. I'm going to try this bit of Mozart. And you go, oh, right. I'm really not ready for this. And I can see that I'm having trouble Mm. uh, reading this bit of music or moving my hands in this way. So you know what to focus on. It's not cheating. If anything, it's Yeah, finding your limits. Yeah, finding limits is better training. 
Cage is a liar. Maybe maybe Balthasar is a bad teacher. I think he is a bad teacher. I don't think they make um. I don't think they try to hide this at all, though, do they? He's kind of like, he's very laissez-faire for a man who's like 1,000 years old and has the weight of the world on his shoulders. Yeah, he does a, quite a few little jokes. Yeah. and uh, He cracks wise a lot. Well, it's, it's the effect of Marvel movies, isn't it? Since Iron Man yeah. came out, every fucking movie has to um, be yeah. sarcastic. Everyone's little, Tony Stark. Yeah, yeah, which, you know, that can be really, really fun. But mm. not all the time. What's wrong with a movie occasionally taking itself not every really character. seriously? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, we know it's a silly film. We buy into that. But once we've bought into that, can't they take themselves really seriously so we can enjoy that serious tone? And then the film ends and we go, that was bullshit or that was silly fun. But overall, to um, draw a line under The Sorcerer's Apprentice, ooh, um, I think this film was very silly and a very mm. fun it like it, obviously it's a family film but it's a really silly and fun family film and yeah. i was expecting it to be utter utter bullshit i was expecting it to be oh, yeah. dull and because disney live action yeah. there there's three words that no one wants to hear no one's excited no one likes hearing it oh is no. there a new disney film out yeah live action oh, 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 oh i'll be okay. all right i'll be all right i'll just i think i'll skip this one yeah, I, I enjoyed this one, but you watched Red Rock West. I did. This was a very interesting movie. It's about a two-hour runtime, mm-hmm. and it paces through it pretty quickly. So we start off with Nicolas Cage on a empty road out in the middle of Wyoming. He's getting cleaned up because he's got a job interview, And he goes to the job interview, and this is when we learn something about the character uh, that gets set up a little bit more throughout the movie. He's honest. Uh, He doesn't land the job because he doesn't want to lie about an injury he got during his time serving in the Marines. Mm. And the guy does give the job. So they point him towards uh, Red Rock, uh, a town in the middle of Wyoming, I guess. Um, I I think this all happens within the same state, oddly enough. So he heads towards Red Rock. He's uh, from Texas, which is important because he gets to the bar to look for work. And the man is tells him, like, hey, you're like, you've been like two weeks late. Like, where the hell have you been? And Cage, like kind of for the first time, lies and says he is the other guy. So the barkeep takes him into his office, hands him about. Five thousand dollars of cash and tells him to kill his wife. Mm. Mm, suddenly, there's a, there's a twist, and this is this movie like hand over fist. Every twist, every corner, every bend, it's a twist. There's a twist around every corner, and you just keep getting twisted until the end of the movie. Nice, because yeah, it's super cool. Like Nicholas Cage mm. takes the money, he goes snoops on the wife. The wife. Uh, appears as though she's cheating on some farmhand. Uh, he tracks her down, gets her in her in her house, and he tells her, "Look, your husband's trying to kill you. He gave me a bunch of money. He expects me to shoot you, rough the place up." And she says, "Hey, I'll pay you double if you just turn around and leave." Mm-hmm. And that's what he does. Nice. He grabs the money because he's an honest man. Again, it's, it, we're throughout the movie. We'll establish it several times he's a good, honest man. 
Um, he gets the money. You know, he's hit pay dirt as, as far as he's concerned. So he he makes his way out of Red Rock uh, when a sudden storm appears, and then a man runs out in the middle of the street and he hits him. So the man is barely breathing. He's very concerned about what's happening. He looks at the money in his in his jacket in the road before him, and he gets out the car and helps him out anyways. Takes him to the ambulance. Sorry, not the ambulance. The ambulance comes to you usually. He takes him to the hospital. <laughs> um, Come to find out the man who he hit with his car was shot twice in the stomach. Mm. Ooh, another twist. And then the uh, the doctor calls the local sheriff and they come in and they're like, all right, you're going to have to stay. We're going to have to figure this out. The sh- the uh, are the deputies call the sheriff in. Lo and behold, the sheriff is the barkeeper. Oh, one in the same. Yeah, exactly. And this is when, you know. Like we're in, we're in it now, baby. So, uh, one thing he also discovers the man he hit, the man who was shot, was the same man who the wife was cheating on. Oh, he just happened to be out, out and about, got shot twice, and he hit him with the car. So, so that's a whole nother. Piece. How small is this town? If like there's, it's very small. If there's just like three people. And each of those yeah. people are serving about 10 rolls each. How goddamn mm-hmm. small is this place? That's incredible. It's incredibly small. It actually gets in, in the film. The the, the uh, bartender sheriff got the job as sheriff because he bought everyone in the town a drink. <laughs> That's how it worked. He got elected through that. That's actual line in the movie. That's incredible. So, is that how it works in real life, do you think? Usually in the South, yeah. Nice. The sheriff grabs Cage, locks him in his truck, takes him out to the woods. He's obviously going to shoot him, but Cage manages to slip away. He slips away straight into a road where he almost gets hit by a car. And a man picks him up. This man is Dennis Hopper's character. Mm-hmm. And they talk about how they were both actually in, were in the Marines and stuff like that. And Dennis actually takes him back to Red Rock, back to the bar where the man owns. Uh, because it turns out he's the assassin that should have showed up two weeks earlier. Oh, my God. And he's got some business to settle with the barkeeper. <laughs> so Cage sneaks into the bathroom. He knows he, he knows what's going on. He sees the assassin talking to the barkeeper now. Escapes out the back onto a truck that's headed out of town. So he gets into the truck. The guy finds him on his truck. He's like, fuck you. Well, all right, we'll go. We'll get you out of here. What ends up happening is that he meets back up with uh, the wife. Uh, he knows that she will, that they'll come after her. So he can't, he can't leave town without her. He just can't. So he ends up going back to her and it's like, look, we, we got to leave town. The assassin's after us. And then he, act, then this hopper actually pulls up. He hits him uh, in the face with a rock or something. And then him and the wife leave town. To where they, um, they're they're out of their car is out of gas, so they've got to stop somewhere. They do. But they end up going to a bar and getting drunk, and then do the the thing that two grown up people do all the time in a movie, no matter the circumstance. Fight. They have the sex. Oh, super smooching. <laughs> because uh, you know, it's, it's it has to happen, right? Yeah, yeah it's what uh, all the cool kids do. I've heard. 
Yeah, if there's a, a woman, she has to be the sexed. Mm-hmm. Long sip of tea. Anyways, she talks about how um, the barkeeper actually has, like, millions of her dollars, right? Mm. Like, her, her, she got an inheritance. She's got millions of, uh, uh, he's got millions of her money, of her inheritance that he loves to spend. She's got to go back and get it, dude. Yeah. She has to go back in. She can't let him get away with it. So they do. They go back to Red Rock. And they go back to the bar. And they go into his office where they find uh, all of the money. Well, not all the money. It's like a little bit of money and some papers. Mm. She's super pissed. She doesn't know where it's at. And then the barkeep comes in. or uh, Yeah, the barkeeper comes in. At this point in time, the police are like, have been looking into um, all this stuff about the guy getting hit. Like, they're really suspicious. So they corner, they track him down and they're like, hey, guess what? We've got some Fed buddies. Turns out, like, you're wanted by the Feds for stealing a shitload of money. You and your wife stealing a shitload of money from some steel mill or whatever. Who gives a fuck? Mm. And uh, Nicolas Cage and the wife are, like, in the closet listening to this explanation. So, Nick, this is the first time Nick is finding out that she's lied to him. Jesus. So, is this, like, a cross between Thalma and Louise and the Ice Harvest? I, it's not filming Louise, and I'm not sure what that extra, the other, the, you said a different movie? I don't know what that means. Uh, The Ice Harvest, (laughs) the Ice it's a, um, (laughs) film noir with John Cusack. (laughs) <laughs> no. that, I have no. And Billy I'll Bob have to Thornton, watch that now. It, Billy Bob Thornton, what? John Cusack. It's it sounds similarish to this. It's very good. Wow. Very good film. Okay, I will write that down. I'll have to watch that. So it it could be like that one. It's a little. It's less like Thelma and Louise. There's no like implied lesbianism. Um. So they. So now he finds out. Uh, but Dennis Hopper also finds out, and he comes in, he beats up Nick, he takes the wife, and he's like, oh, there's millions of dollars, I'm going to I'm gonna get that money, I'm going to make the barkeeper get the money. So he basically rounds them all up. Uh, he gets the barkeeper out of jail, he shoots a cop, it's a big no-no. Mm-hmm. Um, the barkeeper even, like, it screams no, like, as he does it. So it was, like, an interesting, like, as a man who was built up to be a villain, it was interesting to see, like, a, he had a he had a moral side to him. But anyways, so they go to the grave. Graves? There's a place where there's graves. Yeah. What do they call that usually? Uh, graveyard? Hey, Cemetery. it's a yard of graves. Cemetery? Cemetery, yes. Cemetery. That's where, that's where he's buried it. He convinces a hopper to drop his weapon. He opens the cash. There's a gun in the cash. Oh hell yeah! With the money, yeah. And he's like, "All right, you're you're gonna get out, and I'm gonna leave with the money." And uh, you know, some fights ensues. Uh, Cage kills Hopper on a statue, while the wife fights the bartender, and because he got stabbed in the throat, because Dennis Hopper like took a knife out of his like sleeve and like threw it and just right right in the throat. It was fucking sick. Oh shit. Um, so now the wife's after the money, uh, but oh no, the police are here. And um, so 
she she actually like gets the there's guns all about you know how in like the fight scuffle fight scenes there's like a gun and it just gets kicked around everywhere that happens yeah. several times nice that's uh, one of my favorite <laughs> things in fight scenes yeah this is this there's two guns so it happens like so many times you would really like it nice because <laughs> we know quantity increases quality oh definitely uh yeah 100 percent. and <laughs> so there's a part where she gets the gun and she aims it at nick and he's like oh shit like fucking i'm gonna get stabbed in the back Tur- turns out he will get stabbed in the back uh, psych dennis hopper's behind him she shoots dennis hopper a couple of times uh, the police are there they have to run towards the train tracks they get on the train tracks uh she has the a different gun he has the bag of money and she's like oh don't make me uh I'll shoot you blah, blah blah and he grabs the money he grabs the money and she pulls the trigger twice no bullets mm-hmm. he's like yeah there's no bullets ha 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 <laughs> he dumps the money out of the moving train and fucking pushes her out of it oh my god and lays out on the train the train continues into the sunset and the movie's over I mean, that sounds so busy. Yes, it's a very, like, a lot of things happen very quickly. There's, like, a little, look, there's little things here and there that I uh, either forgot or gleaned over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, and, uh, what was this? This was, like, 1993 this film came out? Yeah, it was, like, yeah, definitely. So it was around that part. So it's going to be about an hour and a half. None of this two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour bullshit. Like, an early 90s. 88 minutes in out done yes amazing you see yeah very very like the pace is quick but it's also consistent Mm. this is so it's enjoyable yeah this is movies this is what movies should be that just if you can't tell your movie in 90 minutes get an editor because yeah you should be able to and sometimes if it gets a bit confusing because you're squeezing too much in get a voiceover Get someone to go, <laughs> go like, get Ian McShane. He's probably... Get Ian McShane. He'll, he'll do it. He'll go like, hi. Oh, what, what do you think about us hiring Ian McShane, Ian McShane to, like, voice over the explanation of this podcast? Um, I'll tell you what. I'm going to I'm gonna see... Hopefully we'll make this edit entertaining so we don't need to just edit it out. I'm going to see if Ian McShane is on cameo because to the same thing <laughs> really amazing <laughs> Ian Mc... Shit. no he's not we could get elijah wood to pretend to be ian mcshane could how much does he do a, a, a ian mcshane does i think he might uh, elijah wood how how much does it cost to get elijah wood to say hi i'm not ian mcshane but i'm gonna pretend to be <laughs> In this pod, we can get Ian McShane. I mean, fuck it. Is Nicolas Cage on Cameo? And why have we not looked this up before? Uh, no, he's not. No, he's not. But Damn. Nicholas Brendan is on Cameo. We could go, hi, I'm Nicholas Brendan from Buffy the Vampire Slayer and other things and of <laughs> alcohol problems. This podcast is not about me. But. but it's but it's about a different Nicholas whose uh, career hasn't got down to cameo levels. I reckon we could probably, if if we tally in McShane, it's for charity. <laughs> um, 
We could probably... <laughs> lie to him. Yeah. We might be able to... Okay, here's the new thing. I mean, lovely film, wonderful rundown. It sounds wonderful, and I will watch Red Rock West. I'm excited to, to watch it. It's going to be very busy. But how close can we get... How much does it cost to get a cameo of someone? How much does cameo cost? It depends. It's around... I'm like, super, like famous people. It's like... Five hundred, three hundred dollars. Some of our one fifty, you know, like Tommy Chong, the famous comedian and actor. He's a buck. He's a hundred fifty. Really? Yeah. Uh, oh, you can browse ah, cameo. Um, browse a hundred dollars and less. Right. I wonder if we can get like dirt, dirt, dirt cheap, like ten dollar, twenty dollar cameo people. Get them to do little intros for all our episodes. Right. <laughs> Right. And get them to say something along the lines of, I'm going to put you in touch with uh, my friend who can put you in touch with someone who can put you in touch with someone who can put you in touch with Nick Cage. If we get them all to say that and see if any of them do follow on with it, we might be able to, through like, what is it, like six degrees of separation, like everyone played the Kevin Bacon game in yeah. Like, yeah. 20 years ago or something. I follow on. Yeah. We must be able to get hold of Nick Cage. Here's how you do mm. it. It'll cost a little bit, but I don't mind investing like $30, $40 getting five has-beens <laughs> to, look, <laughs> to look for Nick Cage for us. But through Cameo, and uh, yeah. we're not advertised by, we're not uh, sponsored by Cameo, by the way. It's just the only one I know. Uh, but there's going to be other sort of like burnt out celebrity wishing you a happy birthday sites available. And they're probably better than Cameo. Fuck you, Cameo, for not sponsoring us. But, I mean, we haven't asked. They might sponsor us if we do this. Can we get Cameo to sponsor us? But instead of just giving us money, then give us access to celebrities for free. So we can get them to just go like, oh, happy birthday podcast. This is what you do. Blah, 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 blah. And through their celebrity contacts, we can get hold of Nicolas Cage. Because all we need to win the Nicolas Cage podcast wars that we're, that we're starting and involved in is to get Nicolas Cage to go, Hi, I'm Nicolas Cage and I approve of this podcast or something like this. Or this podcast is the best of all. We don't need to sit yeah. down and have a chat with them. We want that. But if we can just say, get, imagine opening episode 100 with Nicolas Cage going, Hi. I'm Nicolas Cage, and Ugh. saying stuff. Because we could also just hire someone who does a great impression of Nicolas Cage. Yes, that's also what I'm googling currently. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the way forward. If we get, that's great. We can get a photo of us with our arms. You guys could not prove that we that it's an imposter. You just can't. Exactly. Big. And if you hark back and go, well, listen to this bit that you where you talked about it. We also talked about getting the real one more often. So how do you know? How do you know? You can't contact. We've already... I've heard from most Nicolas Cage podcasts. The fuckers can't contact him. They don't know. They're not as good as us. But which of these films... Because this is... All, did you... You watched Sorcerer's Apprentice as well, didn't you? So... I did, yes. You're in a best position because you've seen both of them. I've seen Sorcerer's Apprentice, and I'm guessing that Red Rock West is the better film, but Sorcerer's Apprentice is probably the more fun film. So out yes, of those two films, if you had to watch one of them a second time tonight, 
if you were forced, like, I don't know what the situation is, but you've no way out of this. You can do it on your own or with your wife or with uh, a whole bunch yeah. of friends or family or, you know, as uh, be as extravagant or as um, quiet and, like, calm about it as you want. But you are watching one of these two films tonight and you've recently seen both of them. Which are you going to do? You know, it, it comes down... I think the tiebreaker is which one did I like Nicolas Cage in more? Yes. And honestly, I really liked him a lot more in The Sorcerer's Apprentice. I think he does a great job. Yeah, I like his character. I like his acting of the character. It was like him in Red Rock. It's like a bunch of things happen to him. Mm. And he's a cool guy, Like, and he does a lot of physical stuff that's fun. But in terms of character, there's not a lot to really hold on to there yeah but balthasar it oh, was enjoyable magnet it's it's like rumblefish is a is a great film mm-hmm. but nick cage is in it for like three or four about about you know less than 10 minutes mm-hmm. so it's it it's a good performance but you only get a little snifter of it but yeah balthasar fucking great performance great character yeah and the mm-hmm. idea that the film was nicholas cage's idea the thought that yeah, he just true. went can we do this into a movie. I'm Nicolas Cage. Of course I fucking can. Yeah. All right. I'll I'll make a few calls and turn it. The idea that he can watch an old Disney film and go, I want to do that, but real and big. And then it happens. Yes. Huge. Huge. All right. That, that's huge. Like, out, out of all the stuff that we hear of and never gets made, he was able to get this one on screen. Yeah. That's massive. That's awesome. So, Sorcerer's Apprentice... I think it's fair to say. You may not be the most grown-up film out of the two. You may not be the most complicated, but by Christ, you deliver Cage. Amen. Sorcerer's Apprentice, you are through. You are through to round two, which will happen at some point. But more importantly, we are going to spend a lot of time trying to get hold of celebrities on Cameo. And I say celebrities, you can't see me because this is audio-based, but I am doing inverted commas all over the fucking shop. (laughs) It's really unfortunate that you just got back from the UK because there's a Nicolas Cage lookalike in the UK right now. Is there? Oh, shit. If if he's in London... You're fucked up. I'll contact a couple of people, see if they... I bet some of those UK places are are doing him, and that's going to be irritating as all hell, isn't it? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I'll I'll try and get hold of uh, him via some London contacts. Just, you know, friends and family. But uh, we're going to go forward and get on Cameo and try and get any celebrity who will do 20 seconds for a buck gonna get so next episode might be exclusively i might write all my notes and then split them into little 20 second segments and get different celebrities to read different bits of them excellent but what have you got going on what have you got to tell the people about oh actually every monday and or tuesday i am streaming commander nights speaking of magic the other we're playing commander on tabletop simulator with three of my friends and i stream it and it's a good time Cool. Uh, so, what's what? That's is that on Twitch? Yes, indeed. Twitch TV, Twitch TV, slash Thoughts and Flight. Okay. Well, 
we I, I might go into the episode notes of earlier episodes than this that are uh, more current to put that in to see if we can get people to do that on every Monday and Thursday. Absolutely. Nice. Get involved, people. Uh, watch it and uh, comment and chat and do all of the stuff that you do on Twitch t- television and all of that. I've got nothing new going on. It's just I'm cracking on with all of the usual stuff. So uh, go on GregoryAikman.org and see what's going on uh bible still going on still haven't finished rewriting all of bible so that's that's a thing which is happening got a couple of other little projects which i'm working on in the background which uh, will be coming out soon they should be quite fun in fact they might already be out by the time you're listening to this in which case go check those out but you know i'll give you more information once there's more information to give you but yeah that's that's us all sorted out. Uh, a quick shout out to our podcast friends, who aren't our friends, but I'm insistent that they will be. Uh, Internal Cauldron of Emotions. You know the ones. It's everyone's yes. second favourite Nicolas Cage <laughs> podcast. Go listen to them. Tell them we send our love and tell them that at some point we'll do a live show with them so we can all enjoy a drink together. Absolutely. Cool. All right. See you later, kids. Red Rock Magic, baby. What do you say we cut the chit-chat a-hole?